say for everyone that's joining us on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever, it's not just live on Facebook. We appreciate you guys jumping on and joining us uh, as we get this thing rolling. We're back. We've been gone for a bit, but for good reason. Holden Hassel doing his blitz thing. Cole McCoy going out right in 30 grand. Roger Chan training everybody and their mother on how to sell final expense, how to sell Medicare. It's been a productive hiatus, which is good. How you boys doing? Living the dream. Woo. Living the dream, probably the best way you could have put it. Chan, I didn't hear you, but I saw you nod, so we are gravy. Uh, we welcome everybody out there who is joining us. Uh, we are happy if you're live, but we don't care. Uh, we're more happy for all of you that tune in listen, and check us out later on. Uh, we got a lot of people who plug into the iTunes podcast, which is really cool. I uh, got notifications the other day. Our analytics show a huge, huge uptick in listeners. Thank you, whether you're with FS or you're not. Uh, I thought Holden was giving a tip of the cap there for a minute. I was totally wrong. He was not. Uh, the old Kaparuski. <laughs> but we appreciate you. If you're new to this, what we do every Wednesday is we like to go live. We record it, put it on SoundCloud, put it on iTunes for you to revert back to at a later date. We do a Q&A. You may hear background noise. It doesn't matter. We're all casual. We have families. But uh, we do a little community Q&A is what we call it. And the purpose behind this is to get some questions from you, get interactive, let it be organic and then get answers to those questions. Some of them may be mundane. Some of them may sound silly. We don't discriminate. We don't care. It could be a big question. It could be a small one. So you got some absolute killers on here with us. Roger Chan broke the record for all-time production in one month in, for FS, which is unbelievable. Over 50,000. Uh, it's unreal. Holden, All hail the king. I mean, he's, it's unbelievable. Holden Hassel. Um, over 200,000 in personal production every single year. I've known him. Uh, multiple million dollar agency owner, similar to Chan, building an agency, growing an agency. And the big teddy bear, the big teddy bear over here. And I guess it's my bottom left corner, whatever side you're looking at. Uh, Cole McCoy, another perennial $200,000 a year plus producer, multi million dollar agency owner. Uh, I get to hang out with them uh, just because I've been around this, this, this game for so long. I, by osmosis, get to hang out with them. So with that being said, we're going to get to the, uh, the fun stuff. We're going to get to the questions that we have here. We had some good ones come in this week. I'm not going to lie. You guys came up with some really good ones yourself. So we're going to add those in uh, to make it even more magical. John Peterson, who we work with, uh, threw out some really good questions. First one that John threw out to us was client objections. I've decided on cremation. I only have $700 that's going to cost me for a cremation. I don't need life insurance. I know you guys have gotten this one before because I've got it myself. How do you guys go about overcoming this objection? So I've decided to go just with the cremation itself. That's fine, Miss Mary. Cremations nowadays, honestly, I can get them done for as cheap as like 1500 bucks. But it's not just the cremation itself that costs money. What it actually is, is the other services associated with it. So you can do a cremation, that's fine, right? But if you want to have a viewing, you know, other things, maybe a viewing inside of a casket, if you want to have flowers, nice things like that, 
the reality is that the cost is probably going to be closer to two or $3,000, maybe even four or five. That's today. Let's call it 4,000 today. In the future, are you going to pass away today? No, we don't know. If we did know, we wouldn't need insurance, right? Agreed. If we did know when we were going to pass away, we'd have all this planned. But if you pass away 10, 15, 20 years, let me ask you a quick question, Miss Mary. Have any of your bills ever gone down? They haven't, right? Mine either. We just want to make sure you not only have something that protects you today, but also in the future. Boom, done. That's how I handle the cremation. It's also final expenses, other things associated with dying. I know you said you own your car. You want to leave that to your daughter. You got your house that you own here as well. The reality is that you know it does cost money with an attorney to transition in a state. So just want to leave a little bit extra money in there just so they got a little bit extra. Cole. Oh, he passed the baton straight to Cole. Cole, you're up. Oh, this is a relay race. I dropped that. We're just uh, so, uh, Miss Mary, do you even love your family? No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, you know, whenever someone says stuff like that, you may be dealing with a time waster. Let's just call it what it is. And you get the heck out of there. But one th thing that you can say to kind of pre-qualify to see if there's somewhere else you can go in the conversation along the lines of what Holden said is educating them on what, um, what final expenses actually are the funeral slash cremation slash getting rid of you and your body, you know, to put it morbidly is just one portion of that conversation. Everybody leaves behind, unless you're on Medicaid, um, it's even then sometimes everybody leaves behind some kind of burden. Um, there's medical bills. Maybe your family has to pay to store your stuff and move it out. Maybe your family's coming in from out of town and there's costs that are incurred for them to go to get off work. You know, there's, you know, that your things with uh, closing the estate, there's all of these extra costs, you know, so a cremation isn't just a $700 deal. A cremation is all of this other stuff. And so, you know, I'm, I'm suggesting today, even if you just want that basic cremation, you're still going to need four or five grand in 30 years from now, as Holden was saying, uh, that may be closer to 10 because, because how much more expensive things, excuse me, are going to be. So, you know, take a couple minutes, educate them on that and say, you know, were you wanting to protect your family from like the additional expenses as well? Or did you want to leave them a bill? And if they literally say out loud, like make them say it, I want to leave my family a bill. You have a time waster on your hands. Get the heck out of there. Powerful. Chan, how do you handle that? I know you're probably just super straightforward with it. No, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm going to put my vote. Like I agree with what, what Cole said as in uh, being a time waster. If, you know, just objections in general. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I don't care because I, I I do care to an extent. But when it comes to these comes to these clients, I'm not begging for a sale. I mean, if if you if you know if you have something, if you have another plan, then why do you keep filling out the card, bro? Like, what? Why did you send the card in? You know. So I I usually give the clients a couple of chances. I always like to ask at least twice. Um, when it comes to asking for the sale, but not only asking for the sale, if they give any type of objection up front, then I'm just going to circle back and say, you know, in order for me to get a better idea how I can help you or help assist you today, you know, coming back to the card, 
you know, usually it's because, you know, and, I, and I'm going to hit those three reasons again. It's because you're trying to save money or you're trying to, you know, consolidate coverage or you're, you know, just looking for something else. Like, which one is it? And if they still refuse to give me a valid answer, telling me that they already have insurance or they already have a plan, well, that's not a valid answer because that doesn't fit my script. If you if you don't want to fit the model for the sale, then it's not going to end up in a sale. So, you know, whenever I run into things like that, I, I just like to give them two chances. If they cannot, if we cannot come to terms after I give them a second opportunity, then I'm moving on to the next lead. Yeah, no reason to waste time. Move on, find the buyer. Uh, that's an agent killer right there. Uh, number two, this is something that we've had brought up before. We'll rehash this one. It's a good one. A lot of new producers running into term policies out there. Uh, they'll kind of fumble a little bit in terms of, in general, they understand how to articulate how to replace it and how they should go about it. But some still fumble a little bit when it comes time to explain it to the client. So the question we have is, how do you replace term policies? When you're sitting with a client, how do you explain it? I like what Cole had to say last time on this. Cole, hit it off. Holden, I would oblige if you weren't so full of crap on this. <laughs> I'll go anyway, because I love you. Um, yeah, so if somebody has a term policy, you know, you should first educate them on what they actually have. Make sure that they know term is short for terminate. While you may get more coverage if you died today um, for what you're paying, in 10 years is going to expire, but you know, they may let it go up. They, they may let you renew it, but the price is going to go up and 10 years later, it's going to do the same thing. And if you can look and show them uh, what those things are, I mean, it, 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 sometimes you run into clients that have terms and you'll see their premiums going up three, four, five, six hundred $600 a month. Ask them to hold on to those things and to save them, block out their name and stuff, but show them, Hey, here's a term policy. You, know, you may be cheaper today, but as we know, cheaper doesn't mean better. Here's what you're looking at, you know, in 20 years. Can you afford $600 a month? Yeah, me neither. So, um, you know, make sure that they understand that terminate or term it equals terminate. And in the long run, it could end up, it could end up costing them more money. And, you know, what I like to do is like, you know, Miss, Miss Mary, like you don't plan on dying anytime soon, right? Well, yeah, nobody does. So with a term policy, you're just hoping you die soon so your family gets some money, but they want you around. So when you pay, have a whole life policy, it's, yeah, you're paying more money for what you got, but but here's the deal. Um, sorry, delivery notice was blowing my phone up. I don't know if I, can you guys see me and hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. Yep. Sorry, I was playing on those those stickers on the doors today and you're calling. Um, Go back and join us. Yeah. Oh, heck. Gets yeah. up mid conversation. He's just like, I gotta go run up. Bye. I go ahead and lead room quick, boys. Um, so, anyway, I think y'all understand what I'm trying to say. Um, make sure they understand the difference between whole life and term. If you have a copy of an example of where those term policies become astronomical, you can also show them how, you know, if they live another 10 or 15 or 20 years, how they'll actually pay more money in a term. Um, you know, kind of use that, make a joke, but also be serious. Like, you know, um, use, use all that against them and be like, look, like you don't plan on dying anytime soon. So why would you have a term? Like all your, the only gamble you're making is that you're going to die before you turn 70 or 75. So anyway, 
that's how I would handle that whole thing. <laughs> Even though you're trying to throw me under the bus. Man, y'all are such good salespeople, man. Like, that's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm lazy when it comes to objections. Jeez, I, I, I don't like dealing with them. I'm like, it's like, which one of these three reasons? Which one of these three reasons? I don't have term. I have whole life. That's what we're talking about. Stay on track here. Um, it's like, do you have insurance and you need more? Do you have insurance is the wrong one? Or do you not have any insurance and you need insurance? That's it. I don't know. Term. Here you go. It, this is it right here, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I draw. Pretty simple. Increasing term. Five-year increments. Dollar, dollar, dollar bills. How much it goes up. Your age, whole life stays the same. Term means it terminates. Straightforward. Two different types of term, level term and, and uh, increasing term. So understand yeah. your product, understand what you're competing against. Hey, yeah, do you guys call in-house? You guys want me to call this delivery notice live? Yeah. Do it. As long as it's not Pizza Hut. I mean, you know, that's coming too, but whatever. <laughs> I, I, I need you to call this delivery notice so that we can, right. we, I need you to do it. We got some wings and some ribs, so. All right, call on. I'm calling it, y'all. Y'all be quiet. It's Danny Martindale. Well, I might, Let me do it. Let me do it. Danny. Yes. Hey, man, it's Cole. How are you? Hi. You got my sticker. How you doing, man? Hi. Good. Hey, I got that little postcard you sent back in the mail. I'm just supposed to. I'm just supposed to get that information to you uh, about your final expenses. I'll be back in the area tomorrow in the afternoon. You go me around. As far as I know. Awesome, man. Uh, I'll do my best to get to you either sometime between one and two, uh, or a little bit later between three and four. What do you prefer? Closer to four, maybe. Okay. Do you think you'll be back by one o'clock? You'll be home? I should be. Okay. Hey, man, I'm going to do my best to get to you at that time. Uh, um, and if I'm running behind, I'll definitely let you know, man, okay? Now, what did I send a postcard yet? About your final expenses, man. I don't got a big presentation or nothing. I'll leave my vacuum in the truck, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Bye. Cole does it right there, party people. On the podcast, let's go. Y'all got, right. got to see that live. It's uh, that's hilarious. All 17 of you got to see it live. How many on, on there? So, those that didn't get to see it, you get to hear it. It was uh, it was really sweet. That was awesome. That was awesome, dude. Yeah, that was great. I'll leave my vacuum in the truck. I love that. That is that is that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cheesiest line of all. Hey, he laughed right. Yeah, I, I, no, I love it. That was that was awesome, dude. He that ate that cool. up, dude. He loved every minute of that. Yeah, <laughs> I wish you were my agent, Cole. Yeah, we, we can arrange that, Raj. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sell me some I did, I just, give me a list of your medications. And oh, uh, yeah, 36 right, year old man on tobacco, Cole. Break that down real quick of what you just did there. What, what is the delivery? Now, you're just doing things out of explaining to people what is the delivery notice why did the guy call you how did you know that it was him boom right off the rip you're making him laugh you're making him smile you're using some voice inflections give us the rundown uh yeah i just wanted him to like me bro i didn't really have all that thought process 
That's what he uh, I just wanted chicken wings. He's went chicken <laughs> mode right there. I actually, I actually got a steak sub, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. That was. Um, no, 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 for real. So I leave. I don't have any on me. They're in the truck, and it's you know like fifty yards away. So I don't really feel like going and getting it. Um, little pink, literally on a sticky note, like a post-it note. I just make my own on Vista print. Uh, it literally says uh, delivery notice name. Uh, I have somewhere I put like the date and the time. Their ID, quote unquote. You know, it says, uh, you know, re, re, uh, call this number to receive time sensitive material. They call me. He left a message. Typically, if I'm in the field, whenever they leave a message, they'll tell you their name. Um, I'm just going right there because I know he's home. But, it, you know, I'm like 45 minutes from where my appointments are, where my Airbnb is. Uh, $47 a night. Shout out. Whatever. It's nice to know. I've got 45 minutes. So, if I were in that area, you, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going there. But because I'm a little bit of a ways away, I'm calling him back and setting up an appointment. Um, and that's what y'all heard, you know. So I'm just saying, hey, I got – and on the phone, I'm not really trying to give him too much information other than, hey, I got that card you sent in. I just got to go over this with you real quick, man. And, like, I try and get him to like me. So that way it's like, doesn't seem like super pressure, super salesy. Like, we'll do that when I get there. No, I'm just kidding. But – uh. I, I don't want it to be this like super over the top, like just, Hey man, like, how's it going? Um, I got that card. He said, man, I'm just trying to get that to you real quick and then get off the phone. So as y'all heard, hopefully that was a good one, but you know, try and make him laugh a little bit. And uh, so that way he has a good feeling about you and then get off the phone as quickly as possible. Is that because when you show up, you kind of have a little bit of rapport built and uh, you know, you just kind of get to continue on that thing. So. Now, anyway, you, you do the same thing. One thing I noticed is that the way you were talking right there, you do the same thing when you set appointments, exact same thing. You're, you're you like we are sitting here kind of laughing because that's the Cole McCoy. We know like you're being Cole. That's the big part. You're not being fraudulent. You're being Cole McCoy. You book the same way when you do appointments, right? It was, it was a little fraudulent. He's, fraudulent. he's a little cool. fraudulent, but it's okay. Hold it. My should, so. <laughs> no, that was that was awesome, dude. So yeah, delivery notices are great. I think I think what he did was I mean it was short and sweet. It was to the point, vague, not too in depth. He's building some rapport, minor amount, like he said, like that. That was also it's a closed ended question. Is between one and two better or three and four? One and two, perfect. Let's let's lock that in. It's not. Oh hey, are you going to be home tomorrow? You are. Oh okay, great. What's this all about? Oh, this is about the state regulated life insurance program. And I'm going to come over and try and sell you some life insurance. Do you have any insurance? What type of medication do you take? Like stuff like that. Like, no, he was, that was a, what, a minute and 30 seconds. So, you know, probably less, right. Of a conversation. So I, the overall, that was, that was awesome. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that good on the phone. So I, I always enjoy. I mean, secretly I hate him to like call me during the podcast. <laughs> That's a, yeah, that, that's my uh, father-in-law. So he was just giving me a, <laughs> one of the things I love that you did there was you didn't also, you didn't freak out when he threw out there to you. Like, what is this all about? Like you were just calm, cool and collected. This is about your final expense. No, I'm not the vacuum in the truck. Not a real client. You didn't freak out. Yeah. Clients give objections, man. Like you just gotta, you know, just gotta be, be willing to answer. 
Good. Well, that was a great podcast, guys. I'll see. No, I'm just getting chased. Do you think? Yeah. So I was trying to segue into the next question before Holden completely brought it back full circle to uh, to the original uh, the original item. But we have somebody bring up: uh, Should I be booking my own appointments? Should I pay somebody to do it, or should I be Roger Chan and just be a Terminator and knock every single door for the first couple of years of doing this? Uh, thoughts and feelings on that, guys. All right. I'll start it off. I ain't shy. I don't know. How, how's, how's your bankroll? I mean, it's, it comes down to finances. It's money. I mean, I, my mother told me if, if you have someone else to do something for you, make sure you can do it yourself type mentality, right? So if, if you're going to pay someone to appointment set, make sure you can appointment set yourself. But the only reason you should have an appointment setter is if you're doing it strictly on, on volume. I mean, Chase knows this. Anytime that I will buy leads and do a blitz, I want like a minimum of 100. Like I, I don't want anything it's like 50 leads, 40 leads. Like that's just not enough volume for me. I'm strictly volume based. So for me, I need to have an appointment setter because I'm running seven or eight appointments every single day. How do you run seven, eight appointments? Because I, I sell more care less. Being a good salesperson is about having the ability, ability to condense the sales process into a very short period of time and get the sale done and then move on to the next person. That's what, that's what Chan does. And he's so good at it, right? That's why he's saying, here's the three reasons. Do you fit in this box? If you don't go into the next person, you need to know how to sell and condense that sales process down. So it's not a three hour long process. Newer agents don't take that to heart because you're new and you're, you're getting on this podcast or watching us live, whatever it is to shorten your learning curve, to get it down from an hour and a half, two hours to what we all do, which is 30, 45 minutes, we got the account routing number and we're out the door on to, on to see our next person. So I, um, I, yeah, I definitely think that I forgot what your question was, but I definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely wanted on a tangent there. So that was a good I, tangent. Can I tell a story about Holden real quick? <laughs> I, I enjoyed your tangent. Go ahead, Cole. <laughs> so we did a road show in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my uh, god yes roger, yes roger were you there what nashville yeah i was at every single one of them bro oh, okay cool i thought you were but you know hey it's nashville all i can say was uh buy a pair of boots and get two free bro that's all i could say um oh my <laughs> god those <laughs> That everyone bought <laughs> those boots that will live in infamy. But uh, so there, dude, and I'm not gonna say his name. He was supposed to teach on door knocking, and he even had a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and he, uh, I, again, I'm not gonna throw one under the bus. I won't. Say we prepped name. a week in advance leading up to the event, or, or have more. Phone call, a conference call on it. <laughs> homeboy, homeboy enjoyed. You know, he indulged, let's just put it that way, in the uh, Nashville uh, charcuterie, let's just say. And uh, anyway, dude didn't get out of bed. Like, what? Didn't get out of bed. Like, he had gone to bed apparently at like 5 a.m. or something. And so Holden, on literally like three minutes notice, may, maybe not even that, got up and taught on door knocking and was going through the slides and like accidentally went backwards and was like talking about door knocking from a previous topic slides. Like just to tell you how much of a pro this guy is, 
like he's literally teaching on door knocking from somebody else's slides. I think they were talking about like, you know, where Ephes came from and like the history and like how we came to be. And he's like using these slides about like, you know, the Equita group and all this stuff, like to teach on door knocking. It was freaking hilarious. So when he said like, I don't actually remember the question. I'm like, ah, that's all right. Holden can 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 talk about anything from anything. So I, I totally messed that up because that was a you're, you're right. It that was, was a totally separate situation, and I threw <laughs> in my part, which was totally different, which was in Las Vegas when we had gone and done prep work at the Las. Oh Vegas. gosh, we did prep work for a week leading up on one particular subject. Holden Dude, taught a whole another cool. subject, like he had prepped for a <laughs> month on it. Nobody in the audience knew any different. And I'm sitting in the back with Ben, and we're like, what the hell is he doing right now? Totally subject, <laughs> and it was clean, and it was good. And we were like, this isn't what we prepped on. <laughs> the Vegas Roadshow was the Holden Roadshow. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And here's why. Because I haven't drank in over three years, and I'm always sober. <laughs> so the Vegas Roadshow, I'm staying on my grind, dude. <laughs> I'm staying. Everyone's walking in all sluggish, and I'm like, bro, 6 a.m. ready to rock. Already got my car. I'm fueled up. Holden's yeah. like, I know that guy's gonna be hungover, so I'm gonna do his part, and I'm gonna do my part. We're gonna be good. We got this. Let's go, dude. I thought I thought y'all were talking about the one. It was like the one of the first times that when I had, had come to Ephesus and there was an event, and someone was like doing a presentation, and they had called me up just as like to, to give them like an example. Like I, I wasn't even with Epis that long. And they were just like, Hey, come and help me with door knocking, let's say, for example. And I was just like a prop. So I went up on there and like, they gave me the microphone, bro. And I would not let it go. You give me a little bit, of, a little bit of spotlight, dude. That was in Dallas. That was Dallas. That, that, that was Dallas. That was the old lug nut. Uh, yes, that was the lug nut. Roger during a hoodie event. Yes, yeah. dude. The hoodie right. with the gummy bears. They were like, that's the guy that did 300 grand last year? And Roger's like, yeah, it is. That's me. <laughs> the gummy bear hoodie. Yes. Oh so we may or may not want to delete this episode. Uh, I I think we should not delete it, and this should be our best one, because I'm happy. It probably will end up being one of our best ones. Uh <laughs> Um, I will tell you that I remember Ben Bowman telling me specifically after Holden did that in Nashville, he was like, never again, never again. Like, we're going to make sure it's in a box. He's, he knows what he's talking about, but every single time you were always on the agenda, you were always a speaker and you always crushed it. And there's a good, I remember my very first national call that I ever did was with Holden. Yes. <laughs> after yeah. I, got off, I was like, man, that Holden guy. I really like him. He's just like me. Dude, we were the same. That's when it all started, bro. That's when it all started. I I, I think you went first. Or maybe yeah. I, I remember. Yep. I, I was like, dude, he just stole what I was gonna say, and I've never even spoke with, with Chan before. And I was like, I love this guy. That was awesome. Yeah. I remember cool. when we had Holden on a on a national call one time and somebody that went before him covered a couple of the points that he was gonna cover. He still did a great job, but he was kind of like, you know what? He pretty much covered everything and for about five minutes i was like oh no i think he's going to cut this thing short we got nothing left this is it he was supposed to be the main event what are we doing here he recovered and laid waste to the whole thing and did great um last question we have tonight last question all right, all right 
Um, we didn't even touch on the should I book my own appointments thing, but it doesn't matter. I think this whole podcast thing is about this Q&A thing is about to go in a whole different direction from here on out. I think we just uh, – I'm going to talk about that later when we're off <laughs> offline. Um, yeah, if you can book your appointments, do it. It's save you money and it's better to have you do it. Okay. <laughs> White Claw Cole right there. Love that answer. Uh, <laughs> let's go to next up. Um, next really, up. We're casual. We're wearing hats and t-shirts. So um, <laughs> next up, we're going to talk about asking for the sale. This is a big one that you guys had brought up and we had talked about this. How many people don't actually ask for the sale? How do you actually ask for the sale? Let's go into that, the importance of it. I know Holden, you got it on your board, Chan, you've talked about it, I think a couple of Q and A's ago. This is an important topic. How do you ask for the sale? Yeah. I mean, th this is, this is, there's been times when I literally have like left a home and like, I just felt like the client didn't want insurance. And like, I, I leave the home and I literally thought to myself, I'm like, I didn't even ask them if they wanted to, to get a policy today. And that's when I developed, like what we did on the morning calls where that's when I developed that whole, the closed situation where you're ensuring that you're asking for the sale. So it's like, they could be like, I literally, I was sitting down with an agent, I was training someone in Illinois and, and we were, we were in the home with the lady, with the lady sitting down with her and, and was training on, uh, on his leads but I'm doing the presentation. So I'm explaining everything, going over the whole, whole program and ask her, I say, so do you need any insurance? And she says, I don't really think so, right? But I still went through the process, right? Went through everything and then I did it. I just showed her the quotes and I said, which one of these makes the most sense for you? She said, this one right over here, 90 bucks a month. Okay, perfect, great. So, and then we just did the assumption close and wrote her on up. But I, I asked for the sale multiple times. Initially, I just wanted to do my fact finding and see if it even made sense for her. Because I know she didn't have any insurance and she didn't, I know she needed something, right? Her health wasn't amazing. So we ended up getting her qualified, right? I went through it and I just asked her, boom, at the end, which one of these three makes sense? And that's how I ask for the sale in an indirect manner, right? So she chose one and just rolled with it. So sometimes like even if the client doesn't seem like they may not want it or whatever it might be, still ask them, to get insurance and just run through the quote, right? It may take you five minutes. Uh, if they're non-buyer, non-buyer, and they're looky-loo and all that stuff, they say all the right things, but they, um, you know, when it comes down to it, they're not going to buy from you. Then, you know, you kind of get a feel for that situation, but always ask the sale. Don't leave the home without asking if they want to buy insurance. Who wants to grab that one next? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, that's, that's, you know, when we, when we talk about asking for the sale, it's not like directly saying, um, hey, will you buy this insurance? Because the, the whole process, you know, as, as Holden mentioned, it's, a, it's an assumptive close, right? So the, the way you do that is by presenting a question in such a manner that now they're faced with a decision. Whichever decision that they make should end in either you getting a premium or you getting a bigger premium. They both result in a sale, but just one sale is more optimal than the other. They're both good. So uh, you know, I, I phrase mine at kind of the, almost word for word. Well, like Holden just said, you know, I'll write down my three option close on my little three by five index card. And some people use pitch sheets. That's totally fine. I like index cards because they're small and I fit them in my back pocket in every, every house I go to three option close. And then uh, I just give it to them. And I say, just out of those options, which one makes the most sense for you? So a lot of times what I've noticed that when you present that close when it's time for the client to make the decision is that a lot of times they'll you know jump off the tracks and they'll go veer off into some totally different topic when 
You know, I'm asking for the sale, right? Like it's time to choose. It's time to go, baby. Let's write this app. So they'll go back into talking about their grandkids or whatever. And I think it's very important that, you know, if you've ever experienced that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the client's not going to buy. It's just that these are just the, the nature of human beings, right? They like to talk. And that's why it's super important that you ask for the sale more than one time. Okay. So if they veer off out into outer space, you got to reel them back in, let them, you know, have their peace, let them say what they want to say, but don't let them ramble on for like 30 minutes because that's just wasting time. Right. So after they say what they have to say, reel them back in. Okay. But you know, Mary, just coming back to this, which one of those makes the most sense for you? Okay. So they're either going to do one of two things. They're either going to choose the option or they're going to veer right back off into space again, or they're going to give you, an, they might give you an objection. Right. So when they give you an objection, uh, you know, we talked about this technique technique before is that initial objection. It's that's going to be a very great time to throw in a loop. All right. And what a loop is, is basically you acknowledge the objection, you come back and then you either, you know, solidify their certainty in either talking more about the product or um, just something that lets you get your foot into the door into making asking for the sale one more time because most sales you're gonna have to ask more than once and the way you get there is either if it's not just right off the bat you're gonna have to loop back around make them feel a little bit more comfortable and then ask for the sale again i love the loop comment i love that you brought that up so if you're out there right now and you're listening you made a great point. You're going to have to ask for it more than once, more often than not. McCoy, do you want to touch on this one? Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to go on a big thing because Holden and Roger, you know, kicked ass with this one. But um, yeah, so um, I basically just like to use their health against them, even if they're just taking the Cinepril or Simvastatin. I'll say, look, Miss Mary, like, I, I don't even know if I can get you an approval. Um, while you're figuring out which one is going to be the, the, the one that you feel is best for you, let me fight for it to see if we, we can even get you qualified. Um, and we'll go from there. Go ahead and grab your driver's license. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about how you get the biggest discount by using U.S. Bank. Um, I need to see that information as well. We'll put that on the application. Go grab that for me. I, I got to see if I can get you qualified. And so I'm just assuming it at that point and using their health against them, not doing a 30 day free look close, not um, saying you could cancel it, you know, 30 days after make a payment. Like, no, it's saying, look, I don't even know if you're going to qualify because you're taking lisinopril. Like, you know, let me fight for you to see what you can, and then we can figure it out from there. And so you're creating that urgency, like anything could happen. Oh my gosh. Like I thought this wasn't a big deal um and go from there so that's how i close like go ahead and grab and sometimes i kind of the banking information is going to be a little touchy i'll leave that out say go grab your driver's license let me see if we can even get you qualified and go from there i mean that's that's how i close typically um you know i'd show three options and let them pick one but sometimes they're not sure so i always go back to their health and use that against them unless they're like don't take anything ever and only take vitamins um you know that's a whole different story. So Matt, just Matt Van Buren just asked a question live and we'll, we'll tackle it. We'll make it our last question. Uh, Cause I do want to make sure we address the ones that are live. Matt just talked about, you know, how do you guys create emotion? How do you draw emotion out during the sales process? Um, are you guys using, you know, most of the time the answer is going to be, we're going to use the why, but 
How do you draw out the emotion during that sales process? Well, if I was Matt Van Buren, I'd be like, hey, uh, see this picture here? It's me choking out a dude in the UFC. So, like, uh, you know, I could scrap. <clears throat> you want to get a kick to the face? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. So, I'd be like, hey, I'm in the UFC, bro. So, uh, so let's fear. Uh, fear is how Cole McCoy would close if he was Matt Van Buren. Uh, oh, I, I, I think that you should, you know, stick to what you're good at. Right. And, and if you're good, if here's, here's the, here's the deal. If you're good at building rapport, I would say there's a high probability that says you're pretty good at drawing emotion too. Right. So, cause you know how to connect with the client. Uh, if you, if you want to get better than that, better at doing that, that's fine too. But for me, uh, all my guys know that I'm not very good at building rapport. That's just not my style. Okay. I'm going there for one purpose and one purpose only. I'm going there to write an app. It's all business, all business for me. And, I, and it, I'm only going to stop writing this app when you tell me to stop because you have an objection. And if that person doesn't fit my business model, then I'm just going to just simply find somebody else who does. So I think it's important that you, you know, you realize what your strengths are and exploit them to your advantage and also realize what your weaknesses are and avoid them at all costs. For me, that's building rapport. I'm just terrible at building rapport. I, you know, my rapport is like maybe one or two questions and that's it. And I'll go jump straight into my presentation. So I would say, you know, bring out the emotion if that fits, fits your personality. If you, you, if you enjoy building rapport and you feel that that's gonna strengthen your possibility of getting the sale. But if not, you know, if you're trying to do something artificially, the client's going to smell it um, and you, you're going to reek of commission breath from a mile away. So don't do it if it's if it's that obvious, but just stick to what you're good at. Triple H, before you do it, I want you to close this one. This will be you being the finale on this one. I just want to say what Roger just touched on for me, the emotion gets brought out from the rapport building because that was a really good point that Roger just made. For me, it was always the rapport was kind of gathering the information, getting to find that common ground with them. And then I would know where the emotion would need to come from. You know, is the reason that we're doing this for their daughter? Okay. Well, or is it for someone else? The rapport building helped me have the answer kind of, that was the cheat sheet to know where I was going to pull from uh, that emotion. Uh, if not, I'm kind of blindly pulling. I don't know what I'm doing. I always use the rapport building to get to that place to know where the emotional heartstrings would be pulled from. So All right. The grand finale. <laughs> go eat some wings and ribs. The alpha and the omega, because you're always the first and last. Oh, hey. So uh, so real quick, just tell Brittany that Sabrina said she recreated her mac and cheese. So just let her know <laughs> real quick. All right. So the uh, the <laughs> she just texted. So the I I basically the emotional aspect is always going to be related to generally their, their family, right? It's someone that they're doing this for. So drawing that emotion out because life insurance is emotional sale. You're going to die. We're all going to die. When we think about death, we get sad, right? Well, my dogs, um, I have a 10, 10 year old and a nine year old dog. And now they just turned 10 and nine today, right? I was driving down the road and I'm like, the other day and I was like, wow, Jax is 10 years old, like in, in like a couple days. And I was like, when he dies, like that's going to be super sad because I picked him up when he was 10 weeks old. And that's like thinking about his death 
made me emotionally sad, right? So when you're emotional like that in that state of mind, you generally, you, you, you want to like do something about it. And in this particular situation, doing something about it is making sure you're not a burden to your family. And that burden comes in the financial aspect. So it's a very simple thing that they need to do, to do. They know that they need to do it. A majority of times people will not have done it for many, many years. And what I'm talking about is brushing their teeth. No, I'm just kidding. So what, what, what they haven't done is, you know, just get, get insurance, man. They just, they, they know that they need to do it. They know that it's their responsibility and us just reminding them of that. And us just reminding who's going to get stuck with the bill and how painful that is to not only experience death, but also to experience this, this check that they have to get from someone. And I say something simple, like, I don't know many people that have $10,000 laying around, you know, do you? And they're just like, no, I'm like, I'm just like, that's what burials are these days. Right. And it's just like, listen, my job is just to get you qualified. And, you know, it's, I don't collect any money. I'll show you what it is. It's just it's monthly fixed rate. The price doesn't go up no matter how old you get or how sick you get. And the amount of insurance doesn't go down and it lasts your whole life. So the good news is, Miss Mary, that, you know, when you do pass away, whether, whether it's after your first payment or in 10 years from now, your family's protected. So they don't have to worry about anything along those lines. Now, if, if we can just get you qualified real quick, who would you want this money to go to? Hypothetically, if you know something like this made sense, your daughter. Okay, great. Now you know where to draw that emotion from because they clearly care about somebody, right? If they don't say, I don't have anybody, I'm not leaving anything. That well, get out of the house, right? I mean, you're wasting your time. So that's a very, very quick way to figure out who would you, hypothetically, if something made sense for you today, open palms, right? Who would you want this money to go to? That's the quickest way you get to know, to need to know, whatever, I'm just fumbling over my words. That's the quickest way to know what you need to know, right? And that's it. And that's wrapped up. And um, I would drop my mic, but it was expensive. So I'm just going <laughs> to place it down and let, let, let him do his uh, thing. All right. Metaphorical mic, uh, mic drop. We appreciate you guys being with us live as always. Busy schedules. Love it when it comes together, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for doing this again. All right. Thanks. Love y'all. Bye.